Love, Laughter, and Levity. It's a new episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Kentrell. I'm your host here. Coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Yellow Studio 2.0. Yep, still. We're working toward it. 3.0. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad that you're here. Love, laughter, and levity. You boys settle down. Stop that foolishness. Behave. Man alive, if I had a... I had a dollar for every time I was told, behave, behave. I'd have at least a hundred bucks. Stanley and I, childhood friends. I've talked about him before. But man, when we were together, those were the refrains that we would hear from adults pretty regularly. You boys settle down. Stop that foolishness behave it happens you know when you're a kid we didn't feel foolish in fact we felt we were quite clever cutting up laughing out loud i don't know you know if that was foolish then wisdom wasn't likely going to play any part in our future so happy you clicked play see if we can make this worthwhile so that you'll be happy that you clicked play because that's really the more important thing it's not whether i'm happy it's whether you are first time listener especially i'm happy to have you leaning toward wisdom is modern tales of an ancient pursuit plenty of things that you can find out about the history and the beginning the genesis of the podcast by going to the website leaningtowardwisdom.com um you know today i don't ascribe the same meaning to those phrases settle down stop that foolishness behave i i just i don't feel about them quite the way that i did when i was a kid imagine that i'm old there's that i'm very settled down well i've actually always been pretty settled down and hopefully i have stopped much if not most of my foolishness truth is i never did really feel too terribly foolish because i was that sober-minded kid well except when stanley and i were together and i have found myself as an adult i you can ask you can ask any of the kids who've ever been around me, especially you can ask the hockey players that I have coached through the years. Uh, if I have uttered any one word admonition more than any other, it's got to be behave. <laughs> and that can mean a variety of things. Depends on the situation, which is kind of, I love it. It's just because it's so universally applicable behave. 
I mean, you can say that to anybody, even if people are already behaving, you can just say behave and okay, well, we try to figure out, okay, can we behave better? Well, we do if we're compliant. Not every, not every hockey player is compliant, by the way. I loved laughter and levity as a kid. I still do. Now, I will confess that I don't engage in either one probably as much as I did when I was a kid. I think there's some real reasons for that. I think innocence of childhood absolutely helps. But I also think the burdens of adulthood don't help. And I also think some close friend with whom you can kind of play things off of, that absolutely helps. And I was blessed. I was fortunate. I was lucky. I was, you fill in whatever descriptor you want. Uh, to have a close brother-like friend in Stanley for, uh, well, for all of our, all of our lives, you know, until, uh, until we lost him. Uh, but I, I, I still love laughter and I, I still love levity and there still are a few people, uh, with whom it just comes so easily and it's just, it's just great fun. It's just great fun. Making people laugh used to be kind of an ongoing quest. And yet I was, I was hardly, you know, the class clown kind of a thing, but I always did enjoy, even as a kid, just provoking laughter. And it's funny how that can be a major investment in our time, especially when we're kids. And it's interesting to me to watch kids today of all ages and some some really embrace that challenge and you can tell it's just it's just what they're striving for other kids you know they're looking for attention they don't much care how they get it uh good bad or ugly uh, but i'm really i'm really a, i'm really drawn to the kid who's who who really works it you know to to make other people other people laugh. Not all kids did it when I was a kid, but yeah, we did, especially Stan and I. Jim Valvano, he gave this impassioned speech. He accepted a 1993 ESPY award. You've likely seen it. And if you haven't, I'll embed it in the show notes. He gave in 1993, he gave that, that speech. He was dying of terminal cancer, but in his normal form he delivered this speech with just terrific uh, italian enthusiasm and part of the speech included an admonition that has always stuck with me and it's something that for me i will freely admit is not difficult and his admonition was every day love laugh cry and think and I can absolutely positively tell you, I do, you know, I do. And I have, so there's that it's interesting. I I've had conversations with people and, uh, particularly crying can come up. I don't mean that people break out in tears, but I don't know the, the last conversation I'm thinking of, you know, somebody asked me when was the last time you cried? And I, I, 
I remarked and said something that they thought I was being sarcastic. They thought I was being snarky and I wasn't, I, I just said this morning and they looked at me and they said, no, really? And I said, yeah, really? <laughs> you reverse it and you ask them, okay, when's the last time you cried? And I've had people look at me and say, I can't remember. I'm like, really? You can't remember the last time you cried? No. And, the, and inevitably somebody will likely, you know, they'll summons up in their memory bank, some funeral that might've been years ago. And I'm like, since then nothing's brought you to tears. I'm rather fascinated by that. And I can't help, but then ask, well, what about, what about laugh? When's the last time? And I'm talking about really, I'm not talking about breaking out into a smile. I'm talking about laugh out loud. And it's amazing the people that they, they can't quite remember when they did that either. Now they, they smile and they find things funny, but they're like, I had a fellow say, you know, well, you mean like a belly laugh? And I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, like really, really just laugh. I'm not talking about one of those times where you just completely fall off the, the ledge, you know, because you're just so tickled by something, but you laugh out loud. I, I do it every day. I absolutely positively do it every day. Now I know not everybody does, uh, but I also know that not everybody is wired to be as prone to these kinds of emotions. Not everybody is wired to be as expressive about these things. And I'm not judging it and I'm not judging people. We're all different. We're different in how we feel. We're different in how we express these feelings. But as I kept thinking about this love, laughter and levity, I mean, are are these personality traits? I don't think so. Can our personality traits lean more into some of these things or all of them? Sure. But aren't they part of human condition? Love, laughter, and levity. I I mean, I just want to believe that they are. I, I, I do believe that they are. Now, okay, let's discount the psychopaths out there. How we express love, laughter, and levity. Absolutely. I believe are based on our personality and maybe how pervasive they are in our life is probably heavily impacted by our personality, by our default behaviors, by our communication style and who knows what else. There are some distinct differences in these three L words, love, laughter, and levity. I, I can't tell you other than the fact that I wrote these in a notebook, I cannot tell you why I coupled these together other than I can tell you that memories and thoughts, it happens with great frequency, missing Stan, uh, being part of my life. And like I said, it's, it's been over a decade now, uh, that I I've been without him. I don't know about it getting easier. I can hear the question. Well, has it gotten easier? Uh, it's just different. You know, you're just at, at this stage, the distance between now and his death, you're just, you know, there's so much more distance now. It's just, there's just this new norm, but the absence is still very much, very much there. When I was going through the purging and going through the books, I had the, there were, there was a three volume, they were paperback books that David Letterman, when he was with NBC, that he 
produced and they were, you know, they were his top 10 list. Dave would do this top 10 list and these, these were cataloged in three different volumes. When they came out, of course I had to, I had to buy them and Stan and I spent, we spent hours with those just absolutely just laughing maniacally. But to give you a little bit of context, it had been years and years and years since Stan and I had lived in the same location. So, you know, we were a state away. He was living up in Missouri and I was here in Texas, at least at the time of his death. And when Pee Wee Herman's children's show television show was on, you know, Saturdays and I don't know, you can Google it and see, (laughs) he would do this word of a day. Stan and I would get on the phone and we would just randomly just use the word, whatever Pee Wee's word of the day was that Saturday, you know, just laugh like a couple of teenage girls. Yeah. I miss that. There's no question, no question. I miss that. And I was thinking about him. And so naturally the first L well, it had to be love. And in thinking about him and our relationship, well, laughter and levity. I mean, there, there was just, there was, there was not going to be any debate or argument that, well, those have got to be in the mix. Levity is the one that it's the particular one that I guess I was drawn to. It is defined as the treatment of a serious matter with humor. Not everybody does this. Not everybody appreciates this. Just like not everybody appreciates sarcasm or snarkiness. Uh, you know, some people think of levity as being the opposite of being sober or sober minded. I just, I don't see it that way. And I certainly don't see it as being disrespectful. I think levity can be disrespectful, but frankly, so could laughter. You know, the context kind of matters, right? I'm using each one of these words. I'm using them separate and together, but I'm absolutely positively using them in, in the most positive context and way. I mean, I admit it's easier to see love and laughter that way. Levity might not be as common a word. And I suspect that people can largely think of levity as, you know, immature behavior, childish behavior. And maybe it is, maybe it is, but I still think that it can add a really powerful force in our lives. Some of the times where levity has been most common in my life are during these times of drama, funerals, hospital visits, and I'm as sober minded as the next. And I'm not talking about it being just the way all of the interaction goes. I'm just talking about a moment here, a moment there, because I have sensed, I have sensed levity relieving much, much needed relief from tension. You know, you visit, you're visiting somebody, they're suffering through some tragedy. And it's why I I think I lean mostly on that definition of levity as the treatment of a serious matter with humor, but come on, levity's complex. It's complicated of the three L words, love, laughter, and levity. I think it's the one that requires the greatest skill. Not everybody can initiate levity. Not everybody can participate in it and do it well. You know, you, you've encountered people that are very awkward with it. 
you know, it's one of the, it's one of the most uncomfortable things for me to witness, you know, somebody who's trying, they are attempting so bad, so hard to, to inject some levity, but failing miserably. And I think that most people don't have a clue that they're getting it so wrong. And in many cases, I think it's just born from people who just, they think they're funnier than they are. To me, levity is not about, it's not about the person delivering the levity though. You know, so it's not like a comedian routine. You're not, you're not crying out for attention. If you're practicing levity, if at least in my opinion, if you're, if you're practicing correctly, I'm so lonesome, I could cry, you know, the song. And sometimes I think it's replaced with, I'm so lonesome. I need to laugh and I need to laugh. So I don't cry or I need to laugh so that I can stop crying. For me, that's, that seems to be the proper use of levity. It's a tension breaker. Again, it's, it's, it's a, it's an expression of, it's a relief. It's relief from the present distress. If only, if only for a moment, I remember at Stan's funeral, his sons and I, and some other folks that obviously I know and know well, uh, we were pallbearers and we're walking with his casket to the burial site. And I've just, I I've been gut punched for weeks at that point during the time of his demise. And then when he finally passed and it was crushing, uh, it, it was as crushing as anything, you know, I've experienced and he'd had some health issues and I had, I had kind of been there through those ordeals. And, and again, we're talking about somebody that I have, I've got, I just had a lot of history with. And so there's that. And I'm so cried out. I don't ever get fully cried out and I don't remember what I said, but I said something snarky, you know, to his boys as we're carrying this casket and we all kind of laughed and, and that was it. That was the moment. It, it wasn't like, okay, this ongoing comedy routine. It was just, and I don't even remember what I said. I just remember us laughing and I remember thinking how ironic it was, but I also remember thinking, this is not being disrespectful. This is not awkward. This is not embarrassing. Stan would, he would so approve of this <laughs> because it's exactly what he would. If, if he were here, if he were on the opposite side of this casket, carrying somebody else with me, he probably would have absolutely cracked it first. You know, and if you watch any stand up comedian, preferably a good one, it is highly likely that they are going to incorporate levity because they're going to talk about some very serious or dark subject. They're going for the laugh. They're going for the laugh. Now they're doing it for entertainment purposes. And so I don't really define it so much as levity. It's more comedy, but comedy is humor. And so the treatment of a serious matter with humor, I put levity last. I, I, I probably on purpose. I don't know that I I gave it a ton of thought, but I think it's where it belongs. And I think love belongs up front. And while laughter can be incorporated with love, and it certainly is incorporated with levity, it probably does belong in the middle. And so today I hit record to just kind of throw these words at you and get you to ponder these and think about these things in your life. I absolutely hope 
that your life is filled with the first one. I hope that love, well, I'll just talk about mine very briefly. The first and the foremost and the biggest one is my wife. It for me is always, it is always the, the overarching most important person on the planet for me. And so it's easy. I've talked before. There are 10 of us, including me in the tribe in the clan in the family. There's me and Rhonda. And then there's two other families, including five grandkids. There's the tribe. The love of this tribe is easy. I've had other loves. I love Stan. There's other people that I love. Some like Stan, they passed on. I've lost them. So I've lost love. And I'm always reminded of that, that great quote of Dr. Seuss words to the effect. I wish I knew the quote off the top of my head, but I don't, don't laugh. Don't cry because it's over smile because it happened kind of a thing. And I think there's great truth to that. So I hope first and foremost that you're leaning really hard as you lean toward wisdom, that you're leaning more and more and more toward love. I mean, every day there's just something in the news. Somebody's blown up a relationship. So now we've got all these accusations against Adam Levine, Adam Levine, who's married to some, you know, fancy schmancy model. And now there's women coming out that he's, he's, He's been flirtatious. He's, he's had this affair and I, who knows? Allegedly don't know. And then you read a quote, he comes out and he tweets something, you know, about how, you know, we're not, we're really not meant to be monogamous. And I'm like, hello, really says who says the guy who might be cheating on his wife. How's that love? I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I just don't understand how betrayal is part of love, whether that's love of a spouse, whether that's love of a close friend like Stan, I just don't understand how, how betrayal and hurting someone is just not how I see love. And I hope you don't either laughter. Well, I know that laughter is easier for some than others. And I know some of us are probably more predisposed to just, we just see things differently. We just see things that are funny. Many of the things that I post in social media, and I can, I can tell you for a fact, nearly everything that I text, unless it's just, Hey, have you got time? What about this time? What about that time? Just trying to get calendars to match up and to book meetings and whatnot. It's, it's going to be a lot of laughter kind of stuff. It's going to be a lot of cartoons. It's going to be, it's going to be just funny stuff. I'm going for the laugh. I'm wanting to share I'm wanting to share the laughter with these people that are in my life. And I get that some might appreciate it more than others. And I know life is a serious thing. I get it. I just don't feel like it's my place to be all that serious about everything all the time. There are many things that I can be fretful about and anxious about and even fearful of. We all can because we're people, we're human. I can't see the value in negating laughter and humor, even, even in the dark, dark moments. I mean, those are the times where me personally, I need it the most, you know, it's kind of like this rope of sunshine to grab a hold of when there doesn't feel like there's much else to hang on to. 
And that's where the levity part comes in. I think the laughter part isn't necessarily tied to the treatment of a serious matter, which is the definition of, of levity, the treatment of a serious matter with humor. Laughter is just laughter. And the topic doesn't have to be serious. There doesn't even have to be a topic. It can just be funny for being a funny. I mean, today uh, you've seen these before. You've seen these videos of dogs. The, the owner is holding two closed fists in front of the dog. You're assuming there's going to be food or a treat in one hand. And the dog puts his paw on one hand and they open it. And there's a, there's a piece of food, a single piece of food. The dog of course, scarfs it up. And while the dog is chewing is scarfing that first one. Now the owner opens the other hand. Well, the other hand is filled with food <laughs> and the dog will just have this <laughs> mortified look on its face. Like really, really, you're going to do that to me. And there's a number of these that are out there. I laugh at all of them. There is, it's not the treatment of a serious matter. This is just, it's just funny. Right? it's just funny. It's just. It's just a moment to laugh. I feel bad. I feel bad for the dog, but the one that I saw today, it was a black lab and he cuts his eyes. He looks right into the camera. Like really, did you really just do that to me? And I did. I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. And then I texted it to my wife and my son. I hope you've got people in your life that you love. I'm sure you do and who love you back. And I would hope that they are some of the people that you can easily laugh with and people that appreciate and understand the power of levity. Life is hard and then you die. That's true. Sorry. It's the human condition, and it is largely what we talk about here at Leaning Toward Wisdom. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. LeaningToardWisdom.com Speaking of love, I love the Yellow Studio. But I'm plenty ready to say goodbye to Yellow Studio 2.0. Been in Yellow Studio 2.0 for years and years and years and years. So ready to reinvent, ready to morph and adapt and get to Yellow Studio 3.0. Not sure when that'll happen. Not quite sure what it'll look like. Kind of, sort of. I got ideas. I got dreams. I got designs. That's worth thinking about too when you think about love, laughter, and levity. And that's being more purposeful and intentional with it all. As opposed to just, we just let life happen. I don't know. Why don't we get busy designing our life better? Starting with love and laughter and levity. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio.